Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barak ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in, Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla wa anta tajul al-hazna idha shi'ta sahla, Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatika ya Rabbil Kareem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu everybody and good evening folks hope you're all doing well inshallah let's have a look to see who is here hey Mesa, hey shaz ha suraya baji what's happening with egypt man tell us what happened you, of all times you chose to go to egypt yeah, when i'm not there subhanallah umruqaya hope you're doing well walaikum salam shafiqa shafiqa toronto is that a shafiqa from toronto hey with that alaikum salam what's going on Salma Bilal, the twins are in. Saqib Yani is, is there from uh, from Toronto. Hasiya from Ghana. Farah and Fazana. Yes, the girl them Yani in Manchester, Zindabad, Vancouver. MashaAllah. No, uh, Ijlal, I think we've got a couple of weeks left. Actually, no. Actually, 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 there will be no our changes from the UK side because there's only two more lessons left after this so there's three lessons in total there's this next week and then the week after but the one that's on the week after we might have to change that to like a Tuesday or a Monday or something the one that's uh, uh, scheduled for the 30th, yeah. So today's the 16th, normal time. The next one is the 23rd, normal time. The one on the 30th, though, I can't do normal time. I tell you what, could do a cheeky Thursday from Aksa, you know. I tell you what, we could do a cheeky Aksa special. Let's have a look at the program. God, that would be nice, isn't it? nice isn't it thursday yeah come on there'd be hardly any people there though but that doesn't matter as long as it's just yeah, only a few of us you know what pencil it down put it down just put it down pencil it in pencil it in you know what i mean if we're not if we're not gonna be the ones who take the bull by the horns and yeah, change the game then who is anyway regardless all of these three all of these three lessons by the way will be um uh all of the three lessons will be normal time from a uk side but you've got to make take account for where you are with your hours changing from a uk point of view that's it then it's ramadan break and then you know it's done maysara ahlan wa sahlan anti shakila good to see you roshan from manchester and mustafa's here zara from leicester hamza Hey Hamza, how you doing, bro? Mustafa, mashaAllah, and Marina and Khalid Baji. I heard that you're not coming, Aksa man. That broke my heart. Hey Mariam, Rafiq from Scotland, and I bring Barakallahu fiq ya Bilal, Zakmullah khair, Allahumma amin. It was awesome, Umrah. Honest to God, it was so good. Hey, there's Romana. Umrah gangs in Dabad. Honestly, Umrah was so good. It was proper good, man. You know, you know, there are, you know, smaller groups 
they have some special kind of maza. By the way, Romana, that's Ibrahim, by the way. But he uses his full official name here, Ibrahim Always Ali. You see what I'm saying? So that's my boy, Ibrahim. MashaAllah. Ibrahim, you, you know that it was the right move, huh? Right. Um, yeah, I think we're going to do it from Aqsa, inshallah. I think we're going to do it from Aqsa. Um, all right. Hey, Qamar. Right, let's go uh, and start then. Uh, Mesa, you got anything for us? Uh, thingy. Oh, Chaudhary. Chaudhary, why have you not written your your thingy? Chaudhary, why have you not written your uh, intro? That's all I want to know. That's the only thing I care about. Number number one. Mariam, I'm not going to lie. Right? Danish is saying some reflection. Let me share a couple of minutes on it then. Can I? I don't want to force a reflection. I don't want to force a reflection. But I will say that it was absolutely superb. And the reason for that is a couple of reasons, I think. First of all, as I said, the group was um, smaller and it intentionally kept small and we really benefited from that. Okay. Um, it meant that we could use like this lounge place to stay together. It was so good. To, to be together tight like that right I, for me from a teaching point of view not having to raise my voice and stuff like that <laughs> it would have come naturally as part of side tangents but no no i don't think anything remarkable in that sense happened but that the remarkable thing is that actually i was reading earlier i, I was just reading what sheikh uthameen has here in terms of notes and um kind of things that he's you know mentioning uh yeah and he, You'll see when I come to it, the relevance of the point I'm about to make. I've made this a few times already. And and that is that we are nothing without the Jama'ah. You know, the, um, the, 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 um, it's, it's, it's basically what I want to say is that people have been complaining that oh it's got busy again and that the the the, the rawda has got busy again and that the um that the blackstone the 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 the, the mataf you know, making tawaf has got busy again there's people everywhere and the crushes started i mean certainly in the mataf areas definitely and in the entrances and exits after salah but the people are such a blessing man subhanallah to see muslims and feel muslims and to be part of them this ummah is just a fabulous blessing it's just a blessing, right? That's what I want to say. You know, I uh, was at a football match recently, okay? And it is insane just how um, excited the people are when they are in a football stadium. And I mean, like, you know, a football stadium has what so-called posh seats, and then the kind of a worm basic kind of people seats as well cheaper seats yeah and the people that that um sit in these seats okay they fit this type of seats that they're paying for and so the basic kind of seats have got basic kind of people working class and all the rest of it and it's a madness in there i mean alcohol and swearing and you know low class talking that you kind of expect but then there's also a level of banter and shouting and joking and whatever, which is unique. Okay. Then you got the posh seats and you find the people um, are far more reserved. 
yeah, far more kind of uh, you know they 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 see themselves as having to act more more becoming, with the level of kind of class and all the rest of it, and so therefore they're invariably quieter. And you can imagine that from a professional player point of view, whether it's cricket or whether it's football or whatever it is, okay, that the masses, the crowds, they want them to shout, scream and cheer and whatever, whatnot. And quiet kind of people don't mean anything for the players, right? You can't get cheered on by quiet people who politely clap, clapping or whatever, right? They want the, the shores work. They want the, you know, the action. And what's interesting is that when you look at these folks in these sections, every once in a while they realize how quiet they are compared to the rest of the ground. And I was sitting in one of these sections. And so they force themselves to go, United, United. And, you know, it just doesn't fit them at all. And they put on, like, clothes and this, that, which doesn't fit them at all. And you can just sit there and you can just observe the people and realize that this is basically their social need that they are desperate for they are not from a spiritual soul or internal i even i'll even make it as secular as you want from an internal point of view they're not ready for that kind of fraternity they don't fit but they know that they have to fit somewhere and they don't fit anywhere else in their lives with any other wider group of people and so people then clasp onto something. They, 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 uh, and I've spoken about this so many times. That there's a, a very powerful social need to connect with others, to be part of a community, right? Whether that expresses itself as a nationalist one or a patriotic one, as you're seeing in Ukraine, for example, people who are of all different colors and types and whatever, whatnot, being so unified, or the rest of the world, for example, in being anti-Russian, for example, or Russians who are like who don't even support Putin, for example, but see everybody against Russia at the moment, or uh, football supporters, or X or Y. And I want to say to you that every single one of these associations and connections that people latch onto has deficiency and falseness and um, weakness and some kind of some kind of deficiency. I'm not saying that they're all deficient because we know those who studied art uh, will remember the ayat of al uh, al uh, al-jahiliyyah, for example, in the explanation of some of the verses of Surah um, Al-Fatih. When I was giving the explanation or some reflections on that, you remember what we spoke about this hamiyah and how it's a unique yani, feeling that has a very ugly side but also has a positive side, this kind of... Uh, part this partisanship, this kind of uh, cultish behavior has a positive thing that a small, tiny, not tiny, a small aspect of this of the pie is a positive aspect. Um, the Prophet used to leverage off of that, especially when it comes to battle. And as I was telling, I, I, hate, I hate to repeat this point again to the rest of you, but to those who studied art, but those who didn't study art, yeah, the question should be asked why on earth didn't you? Um, but those who did will remember what I said, that all army units or the successful army units, they divide themselves up into regiments and they divide themselves up into a kind of pseudo families, right? And units. And they do that in order to create a pseudo level of association and attachment with your band of brothers. 
they are my family and all that kind of thing all these kind of fake uh, uh constructs in order to try and strengthen the belonging and attachment and the sense of unity and so on and so forth my point is this is a human need and the most successful expressions of human endeavor are based upon these kind of unity unitarian efforts and uh, collective social kind of constructs right and we studied this in anthropology obviously everybody knows this at any any level but the point is is that all of them have some kind of weakness because it's uh, as allah says tahsabuhum jami'an wa quloobuhum shatta right that's the beautiful thing about it right that don't the beautiful it's the it's the it's the it's the, it's the amazing thing about it that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala summarizes this so perfectly all of this social kind of theory in one ayah or in one half a sentence that you think that they're all yani, unified you think that they're all together you think that they're all yani, so in love with one another and, and uh, supporting one another and everything and you think that they're together but their hearts are all over the place they are completely divided amongst themselves they're completely divided amongst themselves um and for example, a Manchester United game, for example, you'll see everybody cheering, 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 cheering. Then it goes through bad times, and uh, they'll start swearing at the the fan, the, the players, and abusing the players, etc., etc. And then they'll start abusing one another, and they start fighting, right? And uh, I've seen that so many times. I've seen that for all, all these constructs. You'll see it in the war. You'll see it between Russians. You see it between Ukrainians. You see it between Muslims as well. And that happens when Muslims are not unifying for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. That's the whole point. What Allah Taala is saying is that if you're going to be together, socially, congregational, together, then do it for the sake of Allah and you'll be blessed. And actually, Sheikh Uthameen is going to touch on this. I mean, look where he's going. He's coming from a different angle and I'm making reflection on Umrah. But ultimately, whatever we observe, they all come and they, they agree on the same point. The point is still the same. That this deen is a deen of community, of congregation, of coming together, of a jama'ah of a unified congregation and we should celebrate being with other Muslims, not celebrate solitude and isolationism and doing things by ourselves and private and individual. These things that the West kind of has, has not just the West in itself, but it has perpetuated, you know, everything right now is all about independence. It's built under the concept of financial independence, but then the idea is that it continues as you being another independent individual unit kind of uh, uh and by the way uh, it's not conspiracy theory 20 30 years ago the governments were very much focused on marriage couples families benefits tax breaks then they start getting rid of them one by one one by one by one because commercially it makes more sense for them to actually have individual people working individual people earning living individual lives and now we are the most individual capacity individual or uh, individualized or whatever the word is um species and generation in human history species humans out of all the rest and then or other creation and then as humans in history we've never been so isolated and celebrate that isolationism so much as long as you've got your phone i'm good i don't need anything i don't need anything just give me my phone give me internet give me battery charger and i'm good for five days that's fine so I think that uh, I, I, if that's the new kind of you know in phrase atomized societies, so I just want you to know that subhanAllah it was such a beautiful, beautiful sight to see the believers back and jostling and squashing and whatever and 
you know, you turn around and you're angry and then you see a person smiling back at you and you think, Allahu Akbar. You know what I'm trying to say? And everybody just, just you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a blessing. It's a blessing and it needs to, and like I said, COVID hit us right where it hurts. At our weakest point, meaning making us go, iso uh, 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 making us isolated from one another. That was so devastating for us, actually. And um, really, when it hit us like that, the need to come back has been so, so pronounced. We really have to hit back hard with the Jama'ah. So keep that in mind. That, that Like I said, that was so nice. There's a blessing for Makkah to be getting back to normal. And it's looking like that. That uh, I think that it's looking like that it's going to be, you know, um, uh, Hajj should be good numbers, and I think things are looking good. Um, the, the those who have been in the last few months or whatever um, will see that the check posts have been removed, right? Um, the two big check posts, one right in front of Jabal uh, 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 Omar, and then one to the other side for the Umrah, they've been removed. So it's all looking good, man. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. All right, folks. Barakallahu uh, feek. Jazakumullah khair. Uh, all right, everybody, make sure that your red button, your red dot is showing on the video. Always check the video. Uh, let's have those reminders regular and the uh, Telegram group uh, links as well. For all the new folks who are joining, uh, remember that, that your video should always be thingy. All right, our author says, what does our author say? Uh, yeah, we kind of gone a bit. No, we haven't. Yeah, okay, it's good. Well done. I've got it. Hey, hey, Mesa. So our author, Imam al-Hajjawi, in his text, this is what he says, and then we'll explain it. By the way, these are... This is the study text which is found on study material. If you're on the app, it's there on the app notes as well. To continue. وَإِذَا أُقِيمَتِ الصَّلَاةِ فَلَا صَلَاةَ إِلَّا الْمَكْتُوبَةِ فَإِنْ كَانَ فِي نَافِلَةِ أَتَمَّهَا إِلَّا أَنْ يَخْشَ فَوَاتَ الْجَمَاعَةِ فَيَقْضَعَهَا وَمَنْ كَبَّرَ قَبْلَ السَّلَامِ إِمَانِهِ لَحِقَ الْجَمَاعَةِ وَإِنْ لَحِقَهُ رَاقِعًا دَخَلَ مَعَهُ فِي الرَّكْعَةِ وأجزأته التحريمة ولا قراءة على مأموم ويستحب في إسرار إمامه وسكوته وإذا لم يسمعه لبعد لا لطرش Yeah, that's enough. We're not going to get there anyway. But that's pretty much what's going to cover us for the next few lessons, frankly. All right, the translation of what I just said. Whoever, whoever prays and then the obligatory prayer is established, meaning the iqamah is given. It is a sunnah to repeat his prayer with them, except for the maghrib prayer. It is not disliked to repeat a congregational prayer in general. It's not disliked to repeat a congregational prayer other than in the two mosques of Mecca and Medina. If the prayer is established, there is no other prayer to be offered other than that obligatory prayer. If one is praying a supererogatory prayer at that time, he should complete it unless he fears he will miss the congregation, in which case he cuts the prayer. Whoever utters the takbir before the salam of his imam has caught the congregation, 
if he catches him, if he catches him in the ruku'ah, then he's caught the rak'ah, and the opening takbir is sufficient for him. The follower does not have to recite, although it is recommended to do so when the imam is silent or whenever he pauses, or or if he cannot hear him because he is too far away. Unlike the case if there is something disturbing him. Maybe we'll get to this yani, before the year ends, inshallah. Inshallah. Okay. All right. Let's jump into this. So uh, we, we we started that obviously um, uh, this section last week. So we're not going to uh, repeat that. But we did say that you know that if a person uh, basically is at home, is prayed, they comes to the masjid for whatever reason. He comes to the masjid. It doesn't matter. And he comes then and the the, the jama'ah is established then he has to pray. He has to pray. The congregation prayer is an obligatory prayer to attend. Even more so when it, it gets established in front of you. Like if you were driving past or driving outside and you know there's something else, right? And, and you've already prayed, then that's something else. But if you uh, have already prayed and you're near a masjid or you hear the adhan or you hear the iqamah or, you hear, yeah, or you're in the mosque for another reason or you just wanted to go and pray again, then you need to pray. And the Prophet um did that uh, said that sorry to a person uh, uh this hadith that i covered last week pray the prayer on time and if the prayer is then is established meaning the congregational prayer meaning that you know what there doesn't seem to be any prayer that's being established right now we don't know what's going on where the imam is where the people are what the masjid is doing where the mu'adhin is time is running out let's pray pray that's what the prophet was saying so pray the prayer on time then if the prayer is established, meaning the actual congregational prayer, وَأَنْتَ فِي الْمَسْجِدِ Then you are in the masjid. فَصَلِّي And then pray. And don't say, إِنِّي صَلَيْتُ فَلَا أُصَلِّي I've already prayed, so I'm not going to pray. That is an unacceptable thing to say. And that's the whole point about repeating the prayer. The repeating the prayer and praying it again in congregation is for the person who's prayed it already. And that's what we need to do for all the prayers if you are in the masjid. Except for the maghrib. And that's what we're starting with today. Why Al-Maghrib? Okay. The Hanbalis are saying that it is not Sunnah to repeat the Maghrib. Not Haram, but they're saying it's not Sunnah. It's a Sunnah to repeat all the other prayers or to pray the congregational prayer yani as your second version of the prayer that you've already prayed. Of course, the first one will be counted as obligatory. The one that you do with the congregation will be considered to be the uh, recommended one, quote-unquote. Okay. Um, so, uh, just, just so that you understand the rulings. And that would apply for all the prayers except for the Maghrib prayer. Why? Well, Sheikh says, and this is in the Arabic on page 156 of the commentary, for those who want to follow it in Arabic. They said that, well, this is based upon our understanding that Maghrib is basically the witr of the day. And we know that you're not allowed to pray two witr prayers at night time because of the hadith of the Prophet and that there are no two witr prayers in, uh, there are no two witrs. Yeah, one doesn't pray two witr prayers. Um, and so, you know, Maghrib is pretty much the same and, you know, it's odd and it's three and all the rest of it. And so that's it. Okay. So because Witr is not to be repeated, so then we're not going to repeat the Maghrib because Maghrib is the Witr of the day. Witr, Witr technically means odd, obviously. So, and it is the odd prayer of the day. We know that. But is it taking the status of the Witr prayer? Well, you know, the Witr is a Sunnah prayer, right? And the Hanafis call it Wajib. And by wajib, they mean that somewhere in between sunnah and less than fard. So they're also not saying it's obligatory. Whereas maghrib is 100% definitely obligatory. So they're not the same, are they? 
just we'll put that out there. That's why Sheikh Atamin says, well, I can have a ta'lil fihi shay. He goes, yeah, you know, I'm not really overjoyed with this reasoning, right? There's a problem with this reasoning. Um, he goes, because if you're going to make an analogy, right, then all the factors need to be the same. The measures and the, the characteristics need to be the same when you're making an analogy. But there's a big difference between the Maghrib and the Witr prayer, okay? Because, um, because he says that when you're repeating the Maghrib prayer, <coughs> it's very clearly for a reason. It's very clearly for a reason that has just occurred, and that is to join the congregation. Join the congregation. This is an obvious difference. An obvious difference. Also, the general statement of the Prophet The hadith that we've been repeating again and again in this entire chapter is the statement of the Prophet to those two men who came into the masjid who had prayed at, in, at home in their tent and come to the masjid and the Prophet and they didn't pray with the Prophet and the Prophet pulled them up afterwards and said to them that if you've prayed at home, okay, both of you, and then you come to the masjid and the jama'ah is established, then pray with them. He said that about the obligatory prayer. He didn't say that about the witr prayer. This hadith of the Prophet ﷺ was, yes, about fajr, but he didn't say pray with, if you prayed fajr at home, then pray, and then you come to the mosque, then pray fajr with them. He said that if you prayed at home, and then you come to the masjid, then pray that prayer with them. That includes fajr, dhuhr, asr, maghrib, and isha. There's no evidence to take Maghrib out. So the reasoning for Maghrib to be excused according to the Hanbalis is a dubious one. And Allah knows best. And Allah knows best. And so therefore, Sheikh, so therefore the correct position in this matter, he saw, he says, is that also Maghrib is the same. If you pray Maghrib at home and you come to the masjid and Maghrib is established, then you will pray it again. And Qamar asks, what about Asr? Because once you've prayed Asr, it is not uh, uh, recommended to pray Sunnah until after Maghrib exactly what Maryam uh, uh, just said, right? If there was an exception for this, then the Prophet would have mentioned it. Because Fajr is also the same category, right, Qamar? Right? So we know that it's not allowed to pray after uh, uh, Fajr until Shuruq. It's prohibited, actually. It's one of the prohibited times, as we covered. And likewise, after Asr until Maghrib, it is a prohibited time as well. And so if we uh, 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 are allowed to pray the Fajr again, and the reason is because it is a congregational obligatory prayer being offered, all right? And that's why, we, we, that's why our, if you remember, our, our, our chosen position, our class position is what? Any prayer that's offered in the Haram times that has a reason to be offered, okay, is allowed to be offered, okay? It's the... It's the unrestricted prayers, those prayers which are just being done for the sake of it and just yeah, and for, uh, 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 you know, uh, for reward. These are the prayers that shouldn't be given at that time. And absolutely, I agree, Mariam. The, the, the beauty of this is that by cover, by allowing, by this occasion occurring at Fajr time, you cover all of the other scenarios because the Fajr is the most extreme of these situations in which it's not allowed to pray after Fajr Jama'ah. And yet the Prophet is telling them to pray, which means that you cover all of these maghrib situations, the thingy, whatever. Yeah, exactly. You're not allowed to pray a cheeky two, right? Yeah, no cheeky twos in the haram times. Everything other than a cheeky two, it's all good. Um, Do we... Alright, that being said, 
Do we say إذا سلم الإمام اعتبر ركعتين تكون صلاة الشفعة أو له أن يسلم على الإمام في هذا قولان. He goes that all right. But what about the fact that you've prayed Maghrib now? Have you not done two? Um, haven't you done two odd prayers? And we should make it even to not have two odd prayers. So just like, for example, like some people do in Ramadan, right? So they're praying their taraweeh with the, with the Imam and they've got the intention to come back later on or to pray later on in the night and they want to pray their witr. So what do they do? They pray the witr with the Imam. And then when the Imam gives salam, then they stand up and they add another unit to make it even because witr is odd. So they add another unit to make it even. So once they've made it even, then the prayer is now not considered to be one of the witr prayers, right? And that the first one is just like a kind of a nafal prayer that was an even number and it's just like an extension of the taraweeh and no, 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 nothing major and you can pray the witr later on. Now you know my position on that. Obviously we've covered that in detail. I'm sure Mesa will be able to pull it up. All of that section on witr and taraweeh and everything because I'm pretty sure we did it. Um, but... I prefer, personally, I prefer not to get involved in this, but it's an acceptable opinion. So the question that's being asked is that should this happen now here for Maghrib? You've already prayed Maghrib, now you're praying Maghrib with the Imam. Do you give salam with the Imam or do you stand up and add another rakah? Sheikh says there's two opinions that you, uh, uh, you know, that, that you should actually stand up, okay? And add another one. Sheikh says no, you give salam with the Imam, okay? You give salam with the Imam. You're following the Imam in this issue. This is an obligatory prayer that doesn't have a fourth yani reality to it. And for that reason, Sheikh says, therefore, in this issue, you can say there are three individual separate positions to hold when it comes to the concept of what do you do with the Maghrib congregational prayer? If you've already prayed at home, what do you do? Do you pray or not? The first opinion is the humbly opinion, which is uh, that um, uh, uh, it's not sooner to repeat the Maghrib. So it's not sunnah to repeat the Maghrib. The second opinion is that it is a sunnah to repeat the Maghrib, but you've got to add a unit to it to make it even. So you stand up after the Imam basically and add one muraka'ah. And then the third opinion is that it is a sunnah to repeat the Maghrib uh, if you come to the masjid and you do not add another extra unit. So you keep it odd and end with the Imam. And this, Sheikh Uthameen says, is the correct position. It's Sheikh Uthameen's position and it's the class position as well. Okay, folks, a class position. So I hope that's clear. Sheikh says, If someone was to say, is it um, a sunnah to intend the jama'ah for the repetition of the uh, prayer? بمعنى أنه إذا صلى في جماعة مبكرة وهو يعلم أن هناك جماعة متأخرة ذهب إلى المشهد آخر للإعادة He's basically saying that is like what is the real nitty-gritty uh of this kind of issue um is it that if you pray in congregation already and then there's another congregation that's the reason to maximize the reward or is it to do with the fact that when you prayed first time you prayed alone and You've prayed alone and you now need to pray the congregational prayer because it's the congregational prayer and you didn't pray the first one as a congregation. Okay? Does that does that make sense? Yeah? He's basically saying that is this relevant to those people who pray at an early time in a congregation? And the Sheikh says very nicely, he goes, no, this is definitely not the sunnah. Right? I.e., 
um, like uh, like like any Al Hadith mosque or Arab mosque or Shafi'i mosque or like Regent's Park, for example, Central London Central Park, London Central Mosque. Yeah, you will find that they will always pray the prayer at its beginning time, ten minutes after or fifteen minutes after the adhan, like they do in Muslim countries in the Arab lands and the Middle East. Okay, so let's say you're in London and you pray Asr at the entry time of three o'clock. Okay, and then uh, Maghrib is at six o'clock, so there's three hours left. And then you're going home and you go past, for example, Brick Lane Mosque, all right, Hanafi Old School, and they're praying there's very late, yeah, like five o'clock. So, is it a sunnah according to this hadith and according to this principle to now go into that place, Brick Lane Masjid, and to pray that second Asr Jama'ah? Because that's what you're meant to do. It's sunnah to repeat the prayer if you come to a mosque. And because that's that's basically the question, and and Sheikh saying no because we've got the two done, we've got the congregational prayer done, and that's it. And you don't repeat the congregational prayer unless there's a reason, unless there's an exception. And we know that the Prophet allowed Mu'adh radiAllahu an to do that, but he was an exception. In Bukhari, we know that he used to pray with the Prophet sallallahu then go right far out to people that were really far away that wouldn't be able to come in, who don't hear the adhan, and he would then go and lead them in Isha himself so he's prayed as a follower and then he leads them as an awful prayer but it's their obligatory prayer but that's the exception right the prophet didn't encourage that to the rest of the companions the salaf did not do this as a habit you don't find them yani going to multiple jama'at because the times did always differ like they do today you see early ones late ones we choose don't we right sometimes we'll say yeah i'm gonna go this mosque prayer early i'm gonna go this mosque praise it later we choose for our own convenience the whole point is, is that you don't have to do both or it's not sunnah to do both if that makes sense okay um so now and hishek says and from this we can take uh, from this ruling we can take we can learn that the sharia has a um a real emphasis on keeping the people together and united and not allowing them to deviate right لِأَنَّهُ إِنَّمَا يعني subhanallah this is the point that I was making earlier on okay this is what I was the point I was making uh, earlier on that the Sharia is actually commanding people who have already prayed to pray again. Why? What's the actual reason? In fact, let me put that to you guys. Why? If you've already prayed, that's it. Why are they praying again? Tell me what you think. What do you think? Share your ideas with me. To keep the unity, to keep community, uh, prevent fitna. I want you to imagine that you've actually, you've already, you've already prayed, right? You've already offered the prayer. That's the the the, 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 the that's the key here, right? You've already offered the prayer, and you know you did it by yourself. Nobody knows. See no evil, hear no evil, right? See, see no evil, 
hear no evil. Sheikh says that the people have been commanded to repeat the prayer for the sole reason that they can be with the believers and they don't remain by themselves. So even though you've prayed a legitimate prayer, we're making you do it again so that you realize that, you know what, you can't be left alone. Yeah? You shouldn't be keeping yourself alone. You shouldn't be um, thinking that uh, I'm by myself, I'm good. As much as possible that you can be with the believers is to be encouraged all the time. To be with the, 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 the masses. Solidarity. Okay, to always promote solidarity, to always go out. It's not. It's like it's like strength in numbers, like someone said, right? Okay, it's about going out there and you know always representing. It's always and you know when you say yeah, I'm going to turn up to support you, right? You know the idea. Someone's doing a protest. I'm going to turn up. Ah, I've got a dawah. Okay, please come down. Please, you know, I'm opening a shop. Can you come and be there? It's about being. It's about being there, showing strength in numbers even though you've dealt with it, even though you've done it. You might be promoting something, for example, and then, but it's different from actually being there, right? So, so Sheikh says the person might say, I've prayed. And we will say, pray with the Muslims, because that's better. So that the people see that this Ummah is bigger, stronger, unified. They feel it themselves internally, People perceive it uh, outside externally as well, okay? Um, and of course, as you know, and he's going to speak about this a little bit later, you know, the, our, our enemies and actually all uh, diversive uh, forces have focused on breaking people by creating division and justifying their separation, right? Finding reasons to keep people away, right? Um, and separate and individual and whatever and we have to be tuned into that and we cannot be so soft and weak that just because something is not according to our tastes and that's not an absolute rule but in general just because it's 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 you know something that's not to my kind of like and my standard and whatever uh, you know I'm not going to come I'm going to throw a hissy fit and that's it yeah people have got to humble themselves and realize that there are bigger objectives and bigger forces that need to be kind of played for as well. Not just the anime, me, 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 me kind of culture. All right. Sheikh also mentions, he goes that a, a, an interesting kind of tangent on this is what people do in uh, Ramadan. Indeed, divide and conquer. Um, in Ramadan, you'll see for Taraweeh, a lot of people, what they will do is that they will, um, not a lot of people, but you get to see them, right? They pray at the back. And they pray and then they basically go at the back and they sit and they chill and they go out or they do this or that. Kids obviously do it because they're kids. But you see adults doing this as well. And then they only come back right in in the last kind of moment in the with the with the with the with the with the, with the witter prayer. They suddenly just come and come. He goes, this is against the principle of Sharia, against the principle of Usman and so on. Sheikh says, imagine that these are people who are staying away from the prayer, whether they're praying at home or whether they're doing this Ramadan, you know, where they're praying at the back of the mosque and not praying and then suddenly join them for the last moment. Imagine, this is an independent, individual, separate prayer. Imagine that the companions actually increased the inside of the prayer, right? The actual prayer in order 
to stay unified. And you've got us Muslims who want, forget about doing something that crazy. They are actually not even praying the whole prayer with the Muslims. So what do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? Sheikh Uthameen gives the example of Uthman radiallahu an. Uthman radiallahu an, we know that um, he increased the units of the prayer at Arafah. The Prophet on the day of Arafah during the Hajj prayed Dhuhr and Asr together at the Dhuhr time, two units and two units. He did that. Then he was followed by that for two years by Abu Bakr as-Siddiq when he was the Khalifa. And then another 10 years by, by um, uh, Umar radiallahu anhu. And then Uthman for a whole number of years. And then it became upon him that he felt that this, uh, you know, that the situation for traveling and uh, and 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 the ease and that 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 they were enjoying it's like almost like they're at home and you know and other 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 reasons and he basically said yeah you know what we can now we can now full we can now complete this prayer now instead of praying it qasr like a uh, safrana like a musafir two and two we're gonna pray it four and four so uthman radiallahu an was the first in this ummah to increase the action of the prophet of dhuhr and asr from two and two to four and four. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu an, when he heard this, he goes, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. That was his response. He was so gutted when he heard this. Many of the companions were actually, the vast majority of them were really gutted by Uthman's decision. They felt it completely wrong and it was, okay. It was definitely not the correct position. It was not, it's, you know, the evidence is the evidence. He's a companion, he's a great companion, but he's not the, the Quran and Sunnah by himself, right? So this is a mistake, but it's his ishtihad. It's his best opinion. He didn't do it out of desires. He did it because he thinks that's the correct legal position to hold. And the rest of the companions were not happy with it. So what did they do? Did they have a hissy fit and walk off and establish the two and two themselves, which is a valid action to do? No. They joined him in that prayer. Imagine that you know that all my life I saw the Prophet of Abu Bakr and Umar, and even you, Uthman, you as well, radiallahu anhu ajma'in, leading us two and two. And you are now increasing it to four and four. And they prayed with them without a heartbeat. Not even as a not even a second doubt in the issue. Of course. Of course. And um uh, Sheikh Uthameen says, one of the uh, uh, some of the people said from the 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 the, the tabi'in, okay. Uh, yeah, it was one of the tabi'in said to Ibn Mas'ud, "Yeah, Abu Rahman, oh Abu Abdul Rahman, talking to Ibn Mas'ud, كيف تصلي أربع ركعات وأنت تنكر هذا." How are you praying four units and you're warning against it and saying this is wrong and you know advising people you know that this is wrong and you're you're telling him that don't do this and you're praying yourself the four rakah. How is that even possible? He goes in al khilafa shar, in al khilafa shar, that this disunity is evil, not disagreeal or disagreement or difference. Here the word khilaf here means disunity. That indeed disunity, verily disunity, is evil. Yani all evil comes from disunity. Bro, when the hearts go, it's game over, man. When you allow your 
difference of opinion or difference of subjective appreciation of a situation to become one in which we are now not united and the hearts are not united because everybody outside will try to blag it yeah that we're united but it's the hearts that need to be united not the outside the outside follows the inside right we've always said that in salah and every action that every external kind of reality follows the internal right so in al-khilaf al-shar narrated by abu dawood this whole incident is narrated by imam abu dawood in kitab al-manasik in the book of the rituals right uh in the chapter sub chapter of the prayer at mina Hadith number 1960, 1960. Okay. Um, and Shaykh Uthameen says, Wallah, well, this is the truth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And indeed, uh, this is your ummah, and it is one ummah in Surah Al Mu'minun, verse 52. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says, And Aqimu al wa la tatafarraqu fi in Surah Al Shura, verse 13. And to establish this deen, and to establish, and I will establish this deen, and do not be disunited. Don't be disunited therein. Don't be disunited within this deen. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says in Surah Al-An'am, verse one hundred fifty-nine: "Inna ladina farraqu dinahum kanu shi'a lasta minhu fi shay." That indeed those people who were uh, uh, who differed or who are disunited uh, in their deen and they became sects they became into groups they split into groups because you know they they whatever the opinion that they had so they became yeah, a group this and group that and a group is basically a group that has an opinion that's been held so so forcefully that it necessitates me to change the characteristics of the uh members of this opinion so it's not just an opinion that i hold now but we now need to be separate physically we need to be called something separately we need to have a title we might need to have a uniform and whatever and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says less than minhum fi shay. you have nothing to do with them allah is warning the prophet allah is warning muslims you've got nothing to do with that behavior as soon as you see people yani, going into sects and groups and ideas or whatever whatnot okay which is very different from organizational structures right very different from an organizational structure. Uh, 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 when we talk about groups here, we're talking groups at the aqidah level, right? We're not talking about groups from an organizational point of view, like the charities, for example, right? The charities are groups. That doesn't mean it's evil. They all do different. Um, welfare does this, and Fulan does that, and orphans do this, and blah, blah, blah. That's okay. We're talking about groups that are upon aqidah, like the Shia and like the Sunni, or like yani, Ash'aris and the Salafis and the X and the Y, okay? Now, that's a problem. That's a real problem. Alright. So, so Sheikh says, so this Ummah, this Islamic Ummah is one single Ummah, even if they have differing opinions. Okay, even if they have differing opinions. Even if they have differing opinions, their external, their madhar, their appearance, their expression has to be one. Unit, unity. And because we have so many enemies, I'm gonna paraphrase now everything that he says, okay? We have so many enemies. So, yani, who are openly uh, 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 looking to to divide us, and these enemies are absolutely you know all over us. Whether it's Jews or Christians, or whether it's the fire worshippers, or whether it's the the polytheists, or whether it's the communists, and so on. And of course, today it's even worse with 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 the liberals, the humanists, the secularists, the worst. He goes, these are the ones who are open about it. 
all right, and very very clear, and they they aim for us, and they create this disunity. Because what's even worse are the munafiqin; those are the ones that are hiding their their enmity, and so many of them are in our time right now. And obviously, they will change their names and they'll use Islamic names and names of groups and so on and so forth. But they are munafiqin, okay, and um, uh, and all of them are at war with Islam and its people, and it's very very important right now. And this is Sheikh Uthameen telling this 30 years ago. Sheikh Uthameen saying this 30 years ago, right? For the Muslim Ummah to be united. Look at the Muslims right now, bro. Look at Erdogan and look at Yani, uh, Saudiya. Look at situation in Yemen and look at Pakistan and look at Yani, whatever. Just just leaders. That's that's me picking on the leaders. Look at us. Look at our families. Look at Yani, the Muslim communities. Look at the groups, Yani, and what they do against one another and how they dub one another and how they warn students from one another. And... Uh, mosques who uh, curse the others and tell people that you can't pray in that place and and all the rest of it and you know the level of hatred that's that, that's created right academic differences and where it where it gets taken uh and he goes it hurts us a lot it really that we find in uh our ummah yani groups and parties and sects and so on uh, whatever, um, uh, or uh, sorry, he goes. Um, he goes. You know, sometimes in our in our ummah we have groups that different that differ with one with one another. Okay, in a certain issue in which there's a valid difference of opinion, but they make this valid difference of opinion a reason for the hearts to to become yani, so full of enmity. He goes, difference of opinion used to exist at the time of the companions. Okay. But despite that, the hearts were unified. There was never, ever any eyes taken off the ball, uh, you know, off the ball, meaning everybody was focused on the main prize, the main priorities, the main yani, uh, 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 objectives, right? Never did that come under threat, despite significant differences on various issues amongst them, whether they were illegal, even in some matters of aqidah. Yeah, any minor matters of aqid, like when we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what's the status of the people of the of the barzakh, the people who have passed away and what powers and not powers they have. You know, little small mini aspects of aqidah, even they differed over, let alone political issues. Oof, oof. It was called the big fitna, the great fitna. Yeah, and the companions, they had some major fitna amongst them. Bro, they went to war with one another. Yeah, and it, you know. There's some serious stuff. I don't know what they, 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 uh, whoever who's keeping up with Yasser's uh, thingy. Day 17. Why is my watch saying 17? There's a time change like a couple hours before. I think it does, isn't it? Um, yeah, I see Yasser on Friday, but I'll ask him on. I'll ask him what the situation is. But is he? Is he? Is he not? Did he not go and do uh, thingy? Did he not do Sahaba? Is he not doing like all of the the the, the you know the the ugly stuff? Right? Or has he made a decision to kind of hide that away from the masses? Because I, do, I don't think it's the worst decision, to be honest, because people get confused with that behavior. It's tough. It's difficult to understand. It's not something that we dwell on. But a lot of Yanni stuff happened, right? So, but you will find in all of these scenarios that when it comes against the kuffar or when it came to the issues, the big issues, completely unified, right? Like, not even a shadow of a doubt about it. Anyway. Anyway. 
it's not that it can't get out of control. Um, and it sometimes will, of course. And even Muslims will fall into this. And he goes, Sheikh says, I really want to encourage and uh, warn the youth especially. And those that, yani, actually everyone who's practicing to be one hand. And to be one expression. And to be one force. Because the kuffar, they're waiting for you. He goes, we know, everybody knows that the biggest weapon that will destroy, that will destroy us, okay, is their principle of divide and conquer. Okay? And that's how you, that's how you, that's how you take people down. Divide and conquer. This is what he says, Sheikh says. And that will be them killing themselves, basically. They will kill themselves. And وَلَيْسَ أَحَدْ مَعْصُمْ Okay, nobody is, is in it. Nobody is perfect in this. Nobody has wahi in all these issues. We all have differences of opinion. But you've got those people, and Sheikh says, yeah, and you know, you might come across a person who has a different opinion uh, to you. And he's open about it, and he speaks about it, and tells you straight. Okay? And he goes, you know, this person is a million times better than the munafiq, yani, who will not speak about it, keep it in his heart, and then hit you where it hurts afterwards. Okay? Uh, or is yani, doing it out of, not doing it for the sake of following the haqq, yani, is doing it because of hatred and so on and so forth. Anyway, so uh, uh, my, my, what I was saying is that my point is, is that we, um, um, so as the as uh, as now these tests have now dropped and vaccines and blah de blah and the people now started to come together etc etc we've got now two years of a pause on social skills to catch up on right basically in these last couple of years we've all regressed back back, back into our individualism our 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 own opinion and so on and so forth and we need to learn the decorum because I mean two years of being alone. And then even worse, two years being alone and being a keyboard warrior on internet, done nothing for anybody, right? Because you know how much disaster is behind the keyboard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, everybody thinks. And, and uh, you know, one of the things that we know is when you humanize other people, you find it very difficult to say the kind of things that you type. So it's been a horrible two years for social development. And especially the Muslims need to be very careful because the Kufar couldn't care less and the Muslims will be held accountable for every single thing that they say and do and so on and so forth. So it is essential now. Um, it's almost like, you know, those people who are coming out of a cave, right? And they've been in there for like, you know, the, the, those miners or whatever. They, 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 they tape their eyes up, don't they? Yeah. So when they rescue them, they put bags over their heads and so on and so forth because you can blind them or some, you know, whatever, because they've only understood light with their eyes open inside and they've got accustomed to a certain level of basically no light, but they've become accustomed to it. And it will take a couple of days where they reduce the amount of block yani a bit and a bit and a bit and a bit. Yeah. So that it doesn't mess it up entirely. So almost like that, what I want to say is that as we come back now into the masses, and uh, especially like large jama'as and things like that, we should really try very hard. I mean, especially us practicing folks compared to the, the not so practicing folks. Okay, the not so practicing folks like Jumai is a good example. You can still see people like, you know, uh, a lot of uncertainty in filling gaps, for example, and people kind of, you know, feeling very kind of arrogant. You can see their arrogance and their kind of, I'm staying away from you or whatever. And uh, so there's going to need to be a big effort, right? Well, the, 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 the big effort there has to be that 
we have to put you know be the one that's calm when we're becoming angry uh, uh you know who the hell do you think you are and you know humble yourself so we have to be we have to just remember that you know this guy is basically being blinded by the congregation to use the example of the minor and i think that we need to um and i just think that we need to take the foot the 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 the, 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 the uh, we need to embrace yeah we need to just you know just celebrate the people around us just celebrate everything about the believers celebrate it right and you know what it is even the kuffar are doing that right now you know you, you hear them statement i'm never ever going to complain about crowds ever again i'm never ever going to complain about i'm complaining about uh, uh, you know having to wait too long again you know even they recognize it because they got hit in the pocket right and they've realized that how important you know even the little kind of irritating customers were right they were making them money for example so similar to that that, you know, you're just going to celebrate everything and being super positive about things, etc, etc. All right, let's have a look at some of this stuff here. What's really, uh, yeah, so Yasser did. I, I'd expect him to. I mean, you know, in fact, imagine Yasser not talking about something controversial. Ha! Boom, boom. What's really sad is that a lot of the Aqadi uh, debates between Sunni groups is over stuff literally nobody asks anymore. And semantics as well. We're still having Sifat debates when kids are doubting whether Allah even exists. Absolutely, absolutely. The interesting thing is, given the geopolitics, UAE, Saudi, Iran, if united, would have a massive influence on the rest of the world due to their oral reserves and global dependency on these, especially as they look to move forward. I mean, just imagine what Sumeru says right now. Just imagine right now. Okay? Right now, what could be happening? I mean, Boris Johnson just, yeah, and he, you know, the first second, yeah, that he realizes, oh my God, I'm in big trouble. Now legs it to UAE and Saudi. Imagine that there was a unified front there. Unified front anywhere. Just even amongst the non-practicing munafiqeen of our ummah, let alone yani, the leaders of the most Islamic countries. Just imagine. Okay? How do you resolve... <laughs> Saqib is like... How do you resolve the differences between the various sects within Ahlul Sunnah? Is there a methodology? Come on, bro. You're asking for big lectures there, bro. I don't know, man. I just think knowledge is promoting knowledge. Because right? in this class here, there's not people that all come from the same thing. People come from all different types of madhabs and they have different yani, you know, backgrounds in aqidah as well. And uh, uh, and um, you know, we we uh, unify on evidence and discussion and accepting that there's some differences of opinion are okay. And you know, what I mean, I think it's education. I do. I honestly do think it's education. Rafiq says that the believer is weak when he's alone, but he's strengthened by his brothers. Right? This is in the generic, of course. That, that that's what that's what it is, right? Um Jodri goes, What how can how can we motivate those that think it's alright to just do everything at home, pray at home and just watch YouTube videos for Islamic knowledge and tarbiyah? Everything that I've just said for the last hour, bro. Because I've got nothing more to say. Can you explain again the example of a person praying in a message about it for a second time? I thought a few weeks ago. We discuss you would pray in the second masjid. I don't understand that hadith. Okay, you have to explain that last sentence. All right. So then Sheikh says, and it is not disliked. What do I want to finish? I know what I want to finish. Okay, so we are an hour, but we'll go on for a few more minutes. Um, so it's not disliked to repeat the um, uh, congregational uh, uh, prayer. Okay, it's not disliked. You know this statement. 
Wala tukrah is a double negative, right? So meaning, now, this is important. This is now a bit of humbly usul now, okay? It is not disliked to repeat the jama'ah, i.e. So for example, uh, Sheikh is basically saying, so if the Imam, لو صلى الإمام الراتب في, في الجماعة ثم أتت جماعة أخرى لتصلي في نفس المسجد فهل تقرأ عادة الجماعة هذه أو لا تقرأ يعني if the Imam leads the Salah in a mosque and then another group comes in that are entirely late do we, uh, is it disliked for this Jama'ah to be prayed again? Right, a second Jama'ah Right, the kind of thing that we used to do in all of the prayer rooms and in the masjid prayer room, in the uni prayer rooms and the things like that. Okay, so our author says that no, it's not disliked. It's not disliked for a second group to come in and just pray uh, a second jama'ah. Now, Sheikh says that in principle, nafyul karaha to 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 negate dislike, to negate something which is makru would normally would normally mean that the issue is something that is allowed to do so it's allowed to repeat the prayer, uh, the congregational prayer it's allowed to repeat the congregational prayer why someone might ask because it's not disliked this is like legal terminology in madhahib or in usul right la tuqra right now sheikh says something interesting here and i want to make a point of it now, when a person says la tukra, right, it's not disliked, it means that it is permissible to do. It doesn't mean that the action is legislated. It does not mean that the action is legislated. So when you use this phrase, that is what you are intentionally meaning. Now, the problem is, is that when Imam al-Hajjawi used this phrase, some of the later scholars, when they were writing their commentaries and teachers today when they looked at this statement they said mm, I don't think that's what he means here or I don't think that we should understand that from this statement like because if you're to translate this I put in the translation it is not disliked i.e. it's allowed it's not legislated but it's allowed to do it's not recommended but it's allowed to do that's what it would normally mean. But does that is that what actually Imam al-Hajawi is intending? And they differed over it. And as you're going to see, Sheikh Uthameen says 100% that that's wrong. That Sheikh Uthameen is going to say that not only when he said it is not disliked, he didn't mean that it's allowed. Actually, when he said it, no, it's not disliked, he means that it is recommended. Actually, it's obligatory to repay the congregational prayer in Jama'ah. Obligatory. He's gone to the other extreme. Now... The point that I want to make is, if you want to understand why we have such differences of opinion, and I mean the positive type, I don't mean crazy differences, but yani in discussion, then now I want you to understand this is because of interpretation. Now, if you are thinking that that interpretation is about hadith or ayat, which we know when you read a verse or read a hadith, there are potential differences about what's actually being intended, right? And you can understand us to do with the grammar and how you understand this and whether it's abrogated or not, whether it's general, whether it's specific, etc. What about then when it's not even the primary evidence, not even a secondary evidence? We're talking the statements of the scholars that are explaining those evidences. Even these can be misunderstood. So we're trying to interpret when a when our Imam Al-Hajawi, 500, 600 years ago, whatever years ago, 
when he says it is not disliked, what did he mean? Did he mean that this is allowed or did he mean that actually this is a very good action to do? These are two very different interpretations of his statement. And the scholars differed. So of course the madhab is going to have differing narrations and differing opinions. And that's within the madhab. Then of course the ummah is going to have differing opinions on a matter. The point I want to make is that, you know, these differences here are always to be uh, studied and understood to allow us to become more tolerant and accepting of difference of opinion. That's what I wanted to just mention. All right, it is quite acceptable for people to think that it means permissible. But yes, Zara, not disliked in this case doesn't mean permissible. Normally it does, but not disliked in this case, Sheikh Uthameen argues, definitely doesn't mean that it's permissible. Rather, he is actually saying that it means that it is. يعني وعلىها, he goes, That his intention by denying or negating the dislike, okay, uh, is actually to indicate recommendation, actually obligation, because the congregational prayer is obligatory. And many of the latter, later commentators noticed this, and they mentioned it, okay? They mentioned this. Yeah, and basically, what therefore, therefore, what does it mean? Therefore, what are they trying to say? They're saying that the meaning of la tukrah, that it is not disliked, is, i.e., to be translated as, we do not say. That's what it basically means. So it is not disliked equals we do not say. So in this situation, لا تقرأ الإش إعادة الجماعة. It is not disliked to repeat the congregational prayer. I.e., we do not say that one should not repeat the prayer. It's a negating of a fact. And what they're indicating, therefore, that if you negate that fact, then the issue is to be taken back on its original principle. So what is then the basic principle of praying the congregation? It's an obligation. And so therefore, what they're basically indicating is that it is an actual obligation. We would never, it's like, uh, what, what, what's, what's that? What did you say? It's disliked. La tukrah. We would never say that it's disliked. I.e., it is exactly what it used to be and always has been. I.e., obligatory. So, I know this is quite confusing for many of you. Don't get too confused. My point is this. For those who get it, they get it. For those who don't get it, what I'm just trying to say is that sometimes the statements and the phrases of our scholars need their own interpretations and methodologies to understand. Let alone, so we need to have keys to understand their statements, let alone the keys to understand the commentaries of hadith, let alone the keys to understand the meaning of hadith. So there's multiple layers that need to be unlocked. And are you telling me that there's not going to be little variances uh, each way? It's like Chinese whispers, right? Like Chinese whispers. It's going to get bigger and bigger and wider and more crazy. If you stop it after five people, it says only a few dodgy things compared to the first one. Stop it halfway. It's, and at the end, it's completely different. 
So I want you to imagine that in scholarship as well, it's possible that we end up with a position here that we're holding, which is quite different from what the evidence might directly suggest because of these potential kind of misinterpretations along the way. That should humble us. Yani Thaqib was saying, you know, how can we yani, solve the problem of difference? To teach the Muslims how likely it can be for people to differ. How likely it can be for people to make mistakes in all of the issues. In all of the issues. I'm telling you. Right? Um, and so, with that being said then, Sheikh says, Then, um, if... If a person did not pray the Jama'ah prayer and prayed and then got an opportunity to pray the, 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 the prayer with the Imam because he was there or there nearby or at the actual time or came to the masjid, it is obligatory okay, for him to pray that. That the fact that he missed praying that congregation with the Imam does not mean that the, the, the obligation has been dropped. He has to pray that prayer. Some of the scholars said that it's mustahab, it's recommended and not wajib, it's not obligatory. Because the first prayer that he offered is done, done and dusted. And that's the only thing which is required from the Muslim, to pray the single prayer and that's it. And the Prophet ﷺ obviously has accepted that first prayer and so... You know, didn't yeah, any uh, 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 an original prayer is enough, and that's it. So therefore, Sheikh says that there are three, therefore, potential positions to hold in this whole issue of repeating the prayer. Okay, the repeating the congregational prayer. The first scenario is that 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 you kuni adat al jama' amran ratib, or you kuni amran aridan, or you kuni meshid meshid suq. That there are three potential scenarios in which this scenario can come up, all right, or this situation can come up. The first one is when it is officially, uh, officially sanctioned and organized for there to be multiple jama'at in a masjid, all right, for whatever reason. There's one at one o'clock, there's one at two o'clock, there's one at three o'clock. That's the first scenario. The second scenario that, expre that expresses itself is that this second this uh, congregation only happens because of some kind of reason right because some people were late and they just uh, turned up right so it's not a mosque that has it organized they only has one jama'ah but then a group of people turned up late so now what are they going to do yeah they need to pray don't they right and then the third scenario is that this is a masjid in which it's neither official and like they've got, they've got, they don't have official kind of congregational prayers at different times. And it's neither an exception, a weird and rare exception, but rather the nature of the mosque means that there are constant congregations going on. Sheikh says the masjid of the market, the masjid in the marketplace. I'll tell you, and we all know these places. It's our uni prayer room. It's the prayer room in the mall. It's all the prayer rooms everywhere, basically. Those are called prayer rooms. And it's those mosques that are on the highways, whether you're in Muslim countries. These are mosques which, even though they might have a single set prayer time for the few people that actually live there or are very close to it, but ultimately that mosque is a place of convenience where people are coming and going and coming and going and no one cares at all what happens in that masjid and no one's going to take it personally. You know, 
What's going on here, by the way? Why is there such a big discussion around the fiqh here? Because we, as I said to you last week, we cannot challenge the integrity of the imam. Don't forget what we're talking about here, right? Last week, yeah, we started this. This is all about you're not allowed to lead an imam illa bi'idhnihi aw li'udhrihi. Unless the, the person is ill or unless he's given you uh, permission. We cannot dis disrupt the integrity of the congregation and the masjid. It's got to be protected at all times. And so therefore, the mosque needs to be protected. The honor of the musallin needs to be protected. We can only have one congregation. If you have many, then it's chaos. And if you have people coming and going, there's no respect for the chief imam, etc., etc. I think you all get that. So all of these rules are about this point here, trying to defend and understand this point. So in these three scenarios, you've got a mosque which is, you know, either got one congregation, like most mosques, or it's got couple which are which are organized. Then you got those which have got, uh, uh, you know, where, where, that doesn't have multiple congregations and people just come in and turn up. What are they meant are they meant to do? And then you got those mosques which nobody cares, nobody cares whether you came separately, made jama'ah. In actual fact, it's a blessing. And those are most professional workplaces, spaces in 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 hospitals, in malls, and whatever. Where people need that flexibility and everyone's looking around to see who's reciting out loud. Let me tap on the shoulder. Let's pray Jama'ah. So nobody cares. So let's go through each one of these one by one. So in the first scenario, okay, then that's yani, not permissible. Okay, Sheikh says that this is not yani, something which is, well, he actually says it is makro, actually, it's disliked. Okay, and he goes, and you know what, to be honest, I want to say it's haram. He goes, it's makro, and to be, if we don't, you know, to be honest, it's haram, really. Because it's a bid'ah, he goes. It's an innovation. This was not something done at the time of the Prophet or his companions. And it could have been, quite easily. Right? Just have multiple jama'ats. Why not? But he never ever did it. Someone comes in late, you pray. But you don't, we're not going to repeat a full official congregation uh, again. Okay? He goes, and Sheikh Uthameen now tells us, he goes, and the, one of the good things that the Saudi government did, and I agree, one of the few good things that they did, was to get rid of this bid'ah that used to happen in the Haram. In Mecca, there used to be four congregational prayers, and there were four mihrabs. So they followed Maliki, Shafi'i, Hanafi, and Hanbali, each corner having one side. You've seen the pictures of them, all right? And this happened in our, in our history up until very recently, in last in last century, I mean. And the people would come and pray behind their own imam, behind their own madhab. What a flipping bakwas that was. Saudis got rid of all that bakwas and they said one imam and that's it. So in the Uthmani times, okay, where they were very big on, you know, madhabs and fiqh and all this and then sticking to that, whatever, whatnot, which is okay. But when it goes to stupid levels where you're having four congregational prayers around the haram, what a madness. That's the exact shar which needs to be destroyed. And so they came and they... They got rid of it. And this obviously leads to this unity. But Sheikh says it also creates such laziness, right? The concept also leads leads to laziness. If you, you know, you miss the Jama'ah, you're like, ah, whatever. Okay, uh, I'll catch the next one in half an hour. People become lazy, you know? People know that if I miss this one or whatever. And that's why I really dislike this concept myself, regardless of the fiqh, right? If a person knows that in a masjid it's going to happen, no masjid should ever have a second Jama'ah. Never. Unless it's impossible like Jumu'ah, that's something else. In non-Muslim countries, that's something else because the masjid is completely rammed for the first. It's different. It's not about choice and this and that. It's packed. It's packed. Okay? Um, so we have to offer that. But the other prayers, no. 
because people will become lazy. They'll be like, yeah, I'll just come to that one. And then you, you miss out the congregation and everything that comes with it. The second scenario is the one that's where, the, where there's the debate over it. Okay. The second scenario is the one that has debate. Should we continue or should we stop? You know, it's gone on too long. We'll stop at this. I know it's in, the, it's in the midpoint and I don't like stopping midpoint, but we have kind of gone on a bit. And I don't want to scare people off, you know. All right. Um, let's see if there's any questions. Uh, Question is, what's for Ramadan? I'm actually just come up with a program for little kids. Where there will be qualified teachers. There will be qualified teachers taking care of kids and doing activities with them whilst parents do tarawih. It's a paid program. But they are very clear. They will be playing some Muslim songs in the sheets with music for kids. We want to support the whole idea and sign up our kids. Plus, it will be beneficial for us to pray peacefully. But we don't like the music nasheeds part. I usually just pray tarawih at home, but this seems like a great opportunity. What would be your advice? Um, my advice is that if the kids are really young, I don't see a major problem. I just don't think that this is a fight that we're going to win any time. I don't want to be defeatist, but I just, you know, I don't think it's that much of a biggie. And I also don't think that any child is safe or or, or, or or avoids music in their life. And I don't know why we're the ones that are going to have to suffer so much with all, as you said, associated benefits. Just because they're going to hear a little bit of whatever. I'm okay with that. I don't want to make it more complicated. I, I think that if, if I'm that person, I'd do it. Just to clarify, to repeat the prayer is fine if the congregation you did was at home, not in a masjid, as per the hadith. But if already done in jama'ah in a masjid, that is the only time you would not repeat, even if you happen to pop into a different masjid when the jama'ah is established. No, 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 that's not, that's not the case. Um, you are allowed, as, as, as we said, Mu'adh did that, right? He prayed in the jama'ah and then he prayed uh, 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 at, at a different time. The point is to not make it a habit. We said that if a person has prayed the congregational prayer, they should not be thinking to themselves, it's better, it's a, it's a another level of act of worship for me now to find another congregational prayer. That's what Sheikh Uthameen said. Okay, otherwise the Salaf would have done that because they were the most yani, eager to do things. And Mu'adh was doing it for a reason. So that's the point. You pray alone at work and then after finishing someone else enters and you both make a congregation and hence you repeat your prayers. This okay? Not only is it okay, it's more rewarded, Abid. That's exactly what we're talking about. The closest mosque to us follows the calendar in regards to Ramadan and all other dates. As this is the mosque my husband prays all his prayers in, can we follow them? My husband wants to sit in itikaf in Sha'an this year so we are totally confused. I wanted to ask even today's lesson has kind of given the answer. You haven't, Maiza, you haven't explained... Why wouldn't you be following them? You haven't explained your question properly. Why wouldn't you follow them? What's the, you haven't mentioned the problem. You said it's a closed mosque and they've got Ramadan and everybody. I don't understand. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, Harith, I just answered that to Sumaira. Same point. If you ended up in another masjid and they're praying Jama'ah, you would pray with them. That's the point. What is your position on illegal streaming of sport? Whether paying for a subscription, using a fire stick or unpaid online streaming. I was always taught even paying for a stolen item is haram. So it becomes hard to justify my head when so many packed families have these dodgy boxes. Yeah, I think it should be avoided. I think that there's arguments that you can use to blag it, but I think it should be avoided personally. Apologies for the technical question. I don't know who else. My doctor wants me to start on the drug overleap. 
why do I know that? Why do I know overleap? From the troop in alpha. Mm. Anyway, from what I can see, it's a human FSH, yeah, follicle simulating hormone produced via recombinant DNA technology in genetically modified hamster ovary cells and produced through a large scale cell culture process. Ras. Such a drug, halal. Zara, did you honestly think that we could just answer that question just off the thing? <laughs> you sick guy. You sick guy. I have to think about that. I'll try to get some time to look into it and then I'll, I'll mention it on the LP group, I think. I'll try. I mean, that's going to require a lot of research. You understand? That's like that's that's like writing papers kind of question. Mustafa, I do. I, 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 I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the 15th of Sha'aban and praying a little bit extra that night, doing something a bit more and praying and hoping that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts it. I'm also very sympathetic to the opinion that it's not legislated, that the hadith are weak as well, but I just think that it's a valid discussion and I'm okay with it. Yes, folks, Paradise Portfolio this weekend, next weekend. This weekend is a nice evening kind of slot. It's like 6.10, 6 p.m. till 10 p.m. Saturday and Sunday and that's it. You're done. Your zakat is covered. You're going to be absolutely on point. Or you join the other two classes, which is, to be honest, they're kind of overpacked at the moment. That's morning, UK morning time. 10 till 2, 10 till 2 on Saturday and Sunday. That's March 26th. All of you need to take it. So Shazia, um, everything you want to know about Zakat and online is paradise. It's that, that thingy. Definitely take it. All right. Everybody should be doing it. All right. I am not clear on repeating Maghrib prayer in Jama'ah because it will make the day's prayer into odd rakat. Maybe since I missed quite a few lectures, I missed the, this point. It won't make the day's prayer odd. That's the whole point. The whole point is, is that it won't and we don't need to worry about the day being odd. You can repeat the Maghrib prayer in congregation if you come to the masjid. You don't do these things in principle, by the way. In normal, you just pray once. But if a scenario is there, etc., then you pray again. And last question. No, not the last question. All right, no more questions after Chaudhary's question. Okay, that's enough. Uh, Harris says, is it permissible to hire out a car for things such as music videos, which won't be halal in their content? And is the income halal from the hiring out of a car? If you know that it's only being used for that, I don't think it's permissible. Okay, I don't think it's permissible. Um, in Leicester and many mosques in the UK for many years, there's been a debate on the end time for suhoor. How do you justify the timing and do you just follow the local mosque timing? So... Uh, there is a discussion here, Shazia. Okay, it is a detailed uh, matter, um, and uh, for those that don't understand or don't want to understand because they don't want to put the mental kind of effort in, then yeah, it's allowed for them to follow their local mosque. And for those who do, students of knowledge, then I think that they should be very much taking it seriously. And um, I've written and spoken a lot about this. And I don't know, really want to know where, but if you ask on Telegram, people will show you the different things that I've said and done and written about it. In summary, Shazia, uh, the 18 degree opinion is a false one in our current time. Okay, i.e. the one that makes you stop eating suhoor at like one or two o'clock in the morning. It's just a nonsensical opinion. And so therefore, I don't, I don't know uh, what the UK times are going to be because my body clock's all over the place. But an hour and a half before... Fajr is going to be the end time for Suhoor. 
how I justify it is what I've spoken in pages and hours over. So you just ask in Telegram or whatever, or just Google and you'll be able to find it. And then Jodri goes, what's the best area outside the immediate Haram area to stay in Mecca with good transport links and is it walkable or just take the price hit? I'm traveling with a brother that needs to be close to a Western Standard toilet. Well, I mean, you know, with uh, with um, with uh, uh, what's it called shuttles? Okay, you kind of okay with that, right? So you can stay outside in Azizia and in like you know next to Rajahi Masjid, for example. So if you put in, for example, the Four Seasons Sheraton, then um, the Four Seasons Sheraton is like you know proper five star hotel but it's a good few miles away it's not walkable but it has uh, 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 shuttles and so if, you know you're going for ibadah obviously if you've got people going by themselves then they're not going in yeah if you're going for ramadan you're going to spend the whole day in haram and so on then definitely uh, uh you know it's a different vibe to a group vibe where you're learning and studying and doing activities yeah if you're going by yourself, then the only reason you should be going by yourself is you're just going out full out ibadah. When I go by myself, is because I just want to just go to the masjid. So you just take the shuttle, go to the masjid, stay there, take the shuttle, go back. It goes every couple of hours back and forth anyway. But actually, right now, it's so busy now that all the five star hotels, even those that are a couple of miles out, are gone. My grandma prays Salatul Tasbih and a number of other nafil during the night with different intentions, i.e., the intention for forgiveness for the whole ummah. Are such nafal permissible? So what she's basically doing is, is that she's praying these prayers for good deeds with that intention. And she's asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to transfer the reward in general. I think that's okay. Being done generally, not towards specific people. Like, you know, uh, here's my uh, two rakah I'm praying and I want the reward to go to so-and-so person. I think that's a bit, you know, a bit dodge, but... In general, kind of, you know, Ya Allah, accept this ibadah from me and may Allah forgive the believers. Or may Allah, you know what I mean? Okay. All right. Yeah, I meant suhoor time ends. Yeah, but then, you know what? Maybe I didn't. My suhoor lasts literally all of 30 seconds. I have just one drink of water and that's it. So for me, it's all the same. But yeah, ends. All right, guys. Paradise portfolio, don't forget. Aqsa, by the way, anyone interested? Two places left. Gone probably by next week, I'm guessing. Paradise portfolio important. Barakallahu wa jazakumullah khair. Heads up. I told some of you guys I was thinking of May. I can't make May. There's too much going on for Umrah. I'm going to inshallah make mid-August school holidays to allow all families to work it out. Either to take their kids or to leave their kids at home. Okay. And October half term inshallah. Inshallah. And that's my stomach. I am so hungry. بارك الله فيكم وجزاكم الله خير سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك اللهم واتوب اليك والسلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته it's good to see you guys man good to be back home والله good to be back home honestly is i so have to go back home by the way she's had pictures gone so we can't even do that anymore oh guess what يا سلام شزاده